One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a, another edition of Supercoach Edge, a special edition of Supercoach Edge. My name's Damon, and normally I would say at this point that I'm joined by my co-host Liam, but unfortunately he was unable to make it for today's recording, as I imagine, of course, that he's secretly needing some extra time to feverishly brush up on his BBL Supercoach form, or alternatively, he's just really enjoying his AFL Supercoach offseason. But yes, it does unfortunately mean that I am going solo for the first time in the show's history. So uh, apologies in advance for having to listen to my voice for the next 30 or so minutes. So hopefully uh, I don't put you all to sleep. But um, yes, as I said from the top, this is obviously a very different flavor, a different spin, if you will, on our usual offering as we come to you with a quick insight into all things BBL Supercoach, which of course kicks off tomorrow, uh, December the 5th, between the Sixers and the Stars. Supercoach Big Bash is back. Yes, it is very much indeed, Warney. Now, unlike AFL Supercoach, where we are both virtually seasoned veterans, in the case of BBL Supercoach, I'm the only seasoned veteran, and Liam has informed me that this is, in fact, his first season dipping his toes into the water. But uh, I have no doubt that he'll take to it like a duck to water, like he did very much with AFL Supercoach, where, of course, he is affectionately known in circles as the Matty Rail of Supercoach. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, we did figure that, like Liam, there would be quite a few coaches out there transitioning across from AFL to BBL Supercoach. So we're going to be delivering a bit of a cheat sheet for those of you out there who have yet to don the proverbial pads, helmet, 
And of course, the box, you can't forget the box. It's very important when it comes to BBL Supercoach. And for those of you who have doubled before, like myself, hopefully we can help you brush up on some much needed strategy heading into round one, where we have a couple of double games, a couple of doozies. So you'd want to exploit that as much as possible. And just a reminder before we kick off, of course, that you can hit us up across all of our relevant social media channels at, of course, Twitter, where we are found at supercoach underscore edge, or alternatively, our individual handles, which is, uh, for Liam's case, at L underscore Evans underscore 95, or myself at DamoJ88, or on Facebook, Supercoach Edge, and Instagram as well, Supercoach Edge. So like we said, for those of you who haven't really doubled in BBL Supercoach before, much like AFL Supercoach, you do have to build your team around a solid set of primos and cheapies slash cash cows. So there is a fair bit of uh, overlap, I guess, in that sense. So uh, we'll be running through some of your must-haves and ones to consider. But before we get into that, we should mention that unlike AFL Supercoach, BBL Supercoach features a couple of differences. So without further ado, let's jump into our very first segment we like to call... rounds buys what's this well unlike afl in bbl there are rounds where a team does in fact play twice meaning of course that a player has two opportunities to build a sizable score in that given week in addition to this we encounter buys during some rounds that you will need to navigate unfortunately so uh, trades are paramount as well as bench cover so uh let's talk through a quick rundown as uh, as to how the season is going to be shaping up according to the fixture. So for a quick rundown, the Sixers, Thunder and Renegades all avoid a bye for the year, but only get one double game week compared to two for everyone else. Another thing to note is a common theme is that quite often the team that plays a double then has a bye the following week. So it is quite wise not to go too overboard with double game week players unless you have adequate bench cover the next week or can trade them out with the three trades on offer from week to week. So for example, in the first round, whilst it's quite tempting to load up your team with uh, you know, a shitload of Brisbane Heat players, it would be unwise to given they have the bye in round two. And likewise, the same can be said for the strikers round two who then have their buy in round three and the stars have the double in round three again they have the buy in round four so you've really got to use some forward thinking and uh, plan ahead a little bit more compared to afl so keep that in mind now excuse me whilst i try and do my best impersonation of liam But Damo, how many is a good amount of double game players to have? Well, it's funny you ask that, Liam. It does, of course, come down to how many you can cover with bench players or trade if they have a buy the following week to ensure that you don't eat any donuts. The other factor to consider is also the quality of double game players on offer in a given round. So sometimes playing someone like a basement 42k batsman who does slot down low in the order and may not get a bat or a bowler who could struggle to see more than one to two overs isn't the best strategy as their scoring ceiling is obviously capped in that case. In these cases, if you're choosing between a primo playing a single game and a double game rookie, you'd probably be best served with the primo who has a higher ceiling and of course a better scoring upside. So that is of course something that you need to weigh up when it comes to double game week players. Uh, You know, the quality of the player their, I guess, their, their scoring floor, their, their ceiling, their scoring ceiling, whether or not they can, you know, smash their, their projected score. Um, and it does come down to how they fit in the lineup. So it is a little bit more difficult to read uh, compared to AFL. But then on top of that, we also have a rule in the BBL where a player can be subbed 
Um, so, you know, depending on the, the game script, if a team looks like they're playing from behind uh, because they're batting second up and they need to build a sizable score. Sometimes you'll see teams sub out a bowler in exchange for a batsman who they've named as their, you know, 12th man or their their sub. So that can happen. And, you know, it's hard to read going into games as to whether or not that's going to happen. You know, obviously those decisions are made on the fly during games, depending on the game script. So you can't really do much to, I guess, counter that. But you've got to expect, though, in all likelihood, the play that they are going to sub, if they are going to sub anyone, it's going to be a rookie or someone that isn't really seen as a key part of their lineup. So, for example, uh, Hayden Kerr from the Sixers um, playing tomorrow night. If he is named in the side, uh, obviously, you know, he, he could be one of those guys that gets subbed. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. And on top of that, when it comes to double game at week players, you've got to also factor in Uh, depending on, uh, you know, I guess the age, the durability of the player. We've seen in previous seasons that teams have actually managed players and they haven't played both games in that same round. Uh, A classic case is O'Keefe from the Sixers. Uh, He's he's one who's always played the first game, first up, and then the second game, he hasn't been named, so he's been managed. So if you are selecting players of that caliber who are a little bit older, who, you know, sustained an injury and coming off an injury, they may be managed in the second game, so they may not necessarily play both games in that one round. So that is definitely another thing to factor in. But Damo, who are the best players that you're picking your team? Yes, Liam, uh, I can hear you asking from a distance, who were the best players to pick? Well, let's break it down. So let's start off with the primos, the juicy, juicy primos. So there is a core of around five to six players you should be targeting when building your lineup. And these include, from the top, one of my favorites, Marcus Steinberg Stoinis, coming in priced at 163.200 as a dual position player selectable, of course, as a batsman or a bowler. So he is the man affectionately known as the Hulk. Hulk! And he's called that for good reason, apart from the fact that he is just built like a brick shit house. He can hammer a ball and is equally as handy with the ball. He's one of the more consistent players since the inception of BBL Supercoach, averaging over his past three seasons 52.2, 64.9, and a whopping 96.9. So the best part is his potential ceiling is actually even greater than his past two seasons reflect, given injuries have prevented him from bowling until patches later on in the fixture over the past couple of years. And all reports at the moment are that he is fit and firing and will be bowling from round one in a star side. That's, you know, quite light on for quality pace bowlers. So keep that in the back of your mind. And for me, he is the one you have to jump on in terms of all the primos that I'm going to be listing here. When you're talking about value for money, this guy is at the top of the list. So get on him, jump on him, put him in your team. And um, other thing is the stars have the double in round three. So, you know, starting with him means you don't have to trade him in. You're saving a trade longer term. So he is the one to jump on for me. Second up, I have Tom Curran, priced at 201K. Again, selectable like Stoinis as a batsman or a bowler. And he's an absolute weapon of an all-rounder. You know, his price is quite hefty at 201K. But what you get in return for top dollar is an absolute powerhouse. He's averaged 71.5 and 73 in his past two seasons. He didn't play uh, last season, unfortunately. But those two seasons featured games of multiple wickets and you know quite a few handy bag of runs at a really extremely high strike rate. So for me, Tom Curran, he comes in and given that he has the double in the first round, the double game week, you'd be silly not to select him. So, you know, don't try and be a bit too cute and think, oh, I'm going to go against the grain and, you know, hope that he has a, a shit one. Chances are, if he has a bit of a downer, 
in one of the games, he's going to kill it in the next one. So, you know, he's just got that consistency to his game where you can't really, you know, go against him. And um, yeah, I'd be placing bets for Curran going well and not against him. So um, to borrow a phrase from Ron Burgundy, I want to be on you. The next man to consider is Darcy Short, coming in priced at 179600 as, again, a dual position player, as a batsman or a bowler. He is a dual threat with uh, both the bat and the ball, and his performances over the past three seasons really do give a snapshot as to just how much, with averages of 57.5, 85.7, and a whopping 91.3. Like Stoinberg, he comes at a discounted price this season compared to the past three, where he has started priced at 245k, 262k, and 259k. So point per dollar breakdown or value for money, he is just someone that you really have to jump on, uh, whether it be uh, this week or next week, if you can't fit him into your lineup, he is a guy that uh, you can really hang your hat on. Um, you know, he probably doesn't take the ball as often as you'd like, but uh, his limited overs are sometimes all it takes for his sneaky spin to claim a scalp or two. So um, really shortlist him in terms of looking at primos to build your team around. The next player is, of course, Glenn Maxi Maxwell, priced at 195.500 as a batsman or a bowler. And Maxi is, uh, you know, what can you describe, man? He's pretty much the staple when it comes to Supercoach BBL. With his power hitting and ability to score massive from limited balls is what appeals the most. While Stoinis and Short probably pip him for a high overall ceiling, I think, when it comes to season averages, he is the definition of consistency with previous averages of 62.6, 64.6, and 60.8 from the past three seasons. So uh, consistency is really something that's hard to come by when it comes to BBL compared to AFL, um, just because of the nature of the game. So uh, yeah, he's a bit of a rarity. And um, yeah, on that alone, he is someone that you should be getting into your side. If not now, uh, definitely 100% ahead of the Stars double game week. The next player is a bit a bit different from the rest of the players uh, I've just mentioned because he isn't a dual position player, but you select him because he is, I think, hands down the best spin bowler in the BBL. And his name is Rashid Khan, coming in priced at, you know, quite a hefty, but um, for good reason, price tag of 198700 as a bowler. So, you know, it probably does seem a little bit strange to be listing a non-DPP player, as, uh, as, you know, these group of primos indicate. But, you know, like I said, it's for good reason. He's hands down the best bowler um, when it comes to wickets taken on average. Uh, his economy as a bowler, um, he's really, really out of this world. He's averaged over the past three seasons a 63.6, 67.2, and 70.6. And that really does sum up his dominance as a bowler. Oh, and uh, I probably should mention he is a really handy player with the bat, down lower in the order when required to blast a quick score towards the end of the striker's inning. So don't be surprised. And it has happened in the past where the strikers have elevated him from, you know, a an eighth order batsman into like mid tier because you know they need to build a sizable score so he is someone that could really uh, give you some extra points with a strike rate bonus which is you know again something in terms of uh, the scoring breakdown when it comes to bbl super coach uh, where you get some bonus bonus points um, so he is one guy that can really net those bonus points and first up in round one he faces a struggling renegades outfit who he averages 89.5 points against. Oh my god! Wow! 
So uh, I know a lot of people out there I've seen on Twitter, they've uh, done their team reveals and they haven't included him in their team. And I can understand why, because, you know, he does come at that really lofty price tag. And as a, you know, a pure bowler and he's not a dual position player, it probably does push him down the order in terms of importance when it comes to premiums. But for me, I've, you know, in previous seasons, I've selected him in my top two picks uh, for first players picked because he is just so consistent with the ball. And you know that if he's not going to take a bag of wickets, at the very least, he's going to be very economical with his bowling, uh, which does give him some extra bonus points as well in terms of that. So it, it does build a bit of a sizable floor for him. Um, and it, it, he comes with that, you know, that big scoring ceiling. Uh, so for me, he is someone who is a staple of my own BBL Supercoach side from round one. The last player who rounds out this group of premiums that you should be building your team around is Daniel Sams, priced at a really, really, really lofty 203,700, selectable as either a batsman or a bowler. And uh, yeah, he's another player that is, you know, both lethal with the bat and the ball, having averaged 65.2, 68.5, and a 59.1 across his past three seasons. Uh, in the latest practice match that the Thunder had, he blasted 66 not out off 27 balls and took two wickets in a promising performance against the Sixers. The one knock on him that I have is the fact that his bowling can be super erratic. Uh, if you haven't really watched BBL before, tune in um, because you'll be in for a, a bit of a roller coaster because you'll see him concede bulk runs one minute in one over and then take a sneaky wicket or two the next over. So, yeah. Like I said, he's very much the definition of a roller coaster, or, you know, harping back to the uh, AFL Supercoach reference, roller coaster. Um, but regardless, he is definitely someone you should target because you've seen, as I mentioned there, with his past three season averages, that he can build a sizable score and, um, yeah, help you win matches in your head to head from week to week. If I was to rank them in terms of order, I'd probably say Stoin is my number one picked, um, just purely a little bit above Curran because he's super discounted, huge, huge value. Um, and with that comes a large upside if he bowls more often, which I think he should do, um, given that Nathan Coulter-Nile and Stan Lake are both injured in the Stars lineup as, I guess, pure um, pace bowlers. So uh, with that and just... Yeah, I'm probably biased a bit because I do love Stoney. He's my favorite player in the BBL. But uh, for me, he is number one. Like I said, number two, uh, Tom Curran, very, very close behind Stoney. He's a weapon of a player and he's so consistent with the ball and uh, you know presents that upside with his batting ability. Uh, very much like a, like a Stoney, like a Short, Maxwell, Sams. Um, he's got that ability to, to really uh, smash a score with, uh, with limited overs. So... Um, I'd be selecting him. And then, of course, as I said earlier, Sixers have the double game week in round one. So um, get him in your team. Third, I've got uh, Darcy Short, also discounted. Great value. Um, his upside, I don't think, is as large as Curran or Stoin um, when it comes to um, bowling because he doesn't bowl as often as I'd like. Um, but I think purely based upon the value elevates him into third spot for me. In fourth spot, I have Khan, um, who's super reliable, set and forget, and faces the Gades first up where he averages 89.5, like I mentioned earlier. And that's probably the only reason why I elevate him above the next player, who's um, Glenn Maxwell. Otherwise, I'd have Maxi in fourth if it wasn't for you know that, that first up juicy matchup for Khan. Uh, so Maxi, like I mentioned, 
great consistency. Um, it's super uncommon when it comes to players in the BBL being as consistent that he has been. Has a huge ceiling with his potential to produce a large innings from limited opportunities. And rounding out in sixth spot is Sam's. Um, like I said, he can be very erratic at times. And his starting price tag is the one thing that really does turn me off. I, I, I don't know why they've priced him as high as they have. Um, I actually thought that he would have come down in price um, very much like a Stoin or um, or Short uh, because, I mean, yeah, he did score well last season, but for me, I I can't justify spending that amount. Um, you know, you're looking at his price tag, he is priced at 203000 um, and Stoinis is one sixty three. So that's, you know, 40-odd K um, more expensive than Stoin. And I can see Stoinis... Again, the fact that he is, you know, reportedly back to bowling, um, he's, he's a stronger bowler, he's a stronger batsman. Um, so comparing the two, and you get a forty k discount with Stoin, um, you've got to go for Stoin over over Sam's, and and just weighing him up against Maxi, Khan, Short, Curran, Sam's for me. I've had him in my team in the past, and he can win your games, and uh, there's no doubt that he is a premium in his own right. But for me, uh, yeah, I just can't justify spending that sort of money on him first up uh, because it makes it really difficult to fit in you know any of the other five guys and uh, I'll give you a little bit of an insight as to how my team's shaping up at the moment I have Stoin, Curran, Short and Khan in my starting lineup so I'm unfortunately not going to be able to fit Maxwell in my side um, and Sam's uh, like I said he's, he's probably on the, the lower end of the scale um, but yeah if I was to choose Sam's it would mean that I wouldn't be able to afford um, all four of those guys that I mentioned that I've got on my team so it comes down to balancing your lineup and um, for me it just throws that balance out if I try and go for someone like a Sam's and probably the same with Maxwell as well he's he's on the higher end of the scale when it comes to his pricing and it was probably down to either Khan or Maxwell but you must remember that Khan and the Strikers have the double game in round two. So starting with him means that uh, obviously you don't have to waste a trade uh, or use a trade in trading him into your team. So that's that's the main reason for me. And Maxi, I'll get into my team ahead of round three um, when the Stars have their double game. So either way, there's going to be a bit of, uh, a bit of switching around. Um, and yeah, I guess outside of those six players, I probably should mention that maybe push a bit of a case to say that uh, Chris Lynn is on the cusp of being a premium, but as a as a pure batsman, um, he has been a little bit um, inconsistent in uh, in recent times with the bat. But yeah, he's kind of, he's one of those guys that hasn't really got much of an in-between. When he's on his game, he is on. He is, he is the best batsman um, in the BBL. But if he ends up having a stinker, it is, it is a very much a stinker. So yeah, for me, he's probably the seventh uh, in line, and I have chosen him in my side. Who you know, I think a lot of people should be doing the same as well because the Heat do have the double game first up. And uh, in the past, I have actually gambled against Lynn and and not selected him in my in my side for the given week that the Heat have had their double game, and he has absolutely punished me. Um, so yeah, I'm not making that same mistake again as uh, George W. Bush said in the past. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So let's move on to rookies, or I guess um, value players. Um, it's really hard to call them rookies and they're outright 
um, in BBL because you know they're not they're not you know first year players per se. But uh, just looking at their their price tag in terms of that and um, what they can offer their respective sides, I have listed a group of players here that uh, you should be considering putting on your bench because um, they're bottom dollar and they have a spot in their respective teams that. Um, you know, could uh, could bode well. They could be at the top of the order um, compared to previous seasons, and therefore get more scoring opportunity. Uh, they may have more chance to to bowl more overs compared to previous seasons, and so on and so forth. So, I'm going to kick it off by mentioning uh, he's probably my number one, I guess, value player, and it is Nielsen from the Strikers, priced at 76,200 as a batsman or wicketkeeper, should be picked in all sides. For those of you who don't know. He is the second choice gloveman for the strikers behind Alex Kerry, who has uh, in fact now been selected into the Ashes team. The other pro to selecting Nielsen is the fact that the strikers have the double in round two, as I've spoken about ad nauseum so far on this podcast. So, uh, you know, it's an easy way to save a trade by selecting him from the outset. Um, yeah, and he should be playing, I think, at the sort of mid-tier top of the order when it comes to batting and uh, taking the gloves obviously means that there's chances there that he is going to be taking a couple of catches here or there and, um, you know, getting some bonus points on the board. Second player to mention, and uh, he's one player who was a bit of a revelation last season, and it is Xavier Bartlett from the Heat, priced at 97900 as a bowler. And uh, the main thing with him is his opportunity. He's getting a big opportunity now. Uh, Mitch Swepson, Mark Stickety, and Nisa are all part of the test squad. So it means there's a, you know, a, a big void there that Bartlett can fill and is assured of a spot in the Heat side with the ball. He copped to the Subfest a few times last season, unfortunately, but you'd think that this is unlikely to happen given limited bowling troops on offer for the Heat. Next player is uh, Khan for the Hurricanes, priced at a bottom dollar price of 42000 uh, selectable as a batsman or a bowler, and he has shown promising form at domestic level and uh, could be one to take the spot, um, in particular of the injured Paris, who... Yeah, he would have been spoken about in this group of players, um, but unfortunately he is, yes, of course, injured at the moment. And uh, when he does take his spot back in the side, I think Khan could be expendable. But keep an eye on, obviously, uh, Khan and whether or not all these players that I'm mentioning here will be selected. I think uh, Bartlett definitely will and Nielsen will, but uh, Khan, there's no guarantee that he will be selected in uh, in the starting team for the Hurricanes. So we just keep your eye on that. But as someone who is bottom priced, uh, he could present a fair bit of value. Next up, we have Matt Gilks. I think you pronounce it, Gilks. Um, priced at 62500 selectable as a batsman or a wicketkeeper. And very much like Nielsen, um, you know, it's a bit of an opportunity for him now to take the gloves as the wicketkeeper. Um, he's had very limited opportunities for the Thunder in the past uh, with Billings, the international player, uh, taking the gloves ahead of him and uh, Callum Ferguson um, manning the crease early on from previous seasons for the Thunder. And he is, of course, since retired. So he should get a batting spot near the top of the order, especially as well, given that uh, another young player in Ollie Davies has uh, injured himself and uh, that does open up a spot. And he did promisingly open the batting for the Thunder as well, should mention, in their practice match versus the Sixers. So he could very much be a bargain uh, if he does come out and uh, tonk a few uh, runs in the uh, the early rounds and and build a bit of a bank for uh, for you guys out there that have selected him. I'm not too sure if you'd start him on field because, um, 
yeah, it's been a long time between drinks to see how he's going to go. And, you know, if he's going to be handed the all-important opening bat, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably a wait and see as to how he handles it uh, and play him off the bench, at least in week one. Next player to uh, to mention is Whiteman, who uh, comes in at 62,500 selectable as a batsman for the Thunder. And he was a late signing for the Thunder as a replacement player for Kawaja and uh, should also get a spot near the top of the batting order, very much like Gilks having done so, um, especially when he was at the Scorchers. So he's probably more likely to take the um, take the crease first up ahead of someone like Gilks. Um, but who knows, they may open together. But uh, you've also got to contend with Billings, who is a, is a nice hitter, may open or may come in third or fourth in the batting lineup. Uh, but either way, Whiteman should get a starting spot in the Thunder lineup, especially as a replacement player for Kawaja. Kawaja was, uh, was normally an opener uh, for the Thunder, uh, or at least coming in third in the order so um yeah for me select whiteman should be a nice little cash cow uh if you can tonk a few uh runs early on in the first couple of rounds last player to mention uh and there are a few more but um hold on a second oh i have some breaking news coming through Now, I wasn't going to mention this player here, but uh, just coming through the telegram, uh, direct from Honeyball BBL, uh, give them a follow at Honeyball BBL, great resource for uh, up-to-date information and news as it comes through. We're hearing that Ashton Agar, um, who I wasn't going to you know, mention in this group of players because I didn't think he was actually going to be available because he was selected for Australia A duties. It has come through that he actually is in fact available for the Scorchers. BBL opener uh, on Wednesday, so um, yeah, I mean now you've actually got to you, you've got to rejig your lineup, and gee whiz, this is going to throw my team for a bit of a loop in terms of trying to you know, scrounge a bit of cash here and there to, to fit him in my lineup. Now um, Ashton Agar, he is priced at eighty nine k, selectable as a bat or bowler, and um, for me. He is a guy that uh, should be the top of the list in terms of value players. He didn't play at all last season um, due to injury, if memory serves correct. And that means he has received a little bit of a discount compared to previous years. But um, just with his bowling and and ability to bat as well, he really comes in with that dual threat. Um, And he has shown in the past that he can be quite reliable. And a price of $89,700, he is a value player that you should be starting on in in your lineup, I think. So... Um, for me, he will be coming in, um, unfortunately, probably at the expense of, um, of a double game week player like a, like a Daniel Hughes, um, just because I can only afford that, um, that sort of switch uh, without really destabilizing the rest of my team. But look into Ashton Agar. He is one that I would be trying to get into your team. Uh, of course, that does mean that he comes with you know a bit of an injury um, risk to him given last year that he, he struggled a fair bit but by all reports he is quite uh, quite fit I'm going to get him into my team and I think you should consider him strongly also another player to keep an eye on is James Seymour whose uh, nickname I imagine is Skinner and by all reports can steam a good ham well Seymour you are an odd fellow but I must say you steam a good ham. But he is another newcomer for uh, the Melbourne Renegades, and he was a late signing as a replacement signing for the injured Sean Marsh and uh, showed a fair bit of promise 
in uh, this week's practice games for the Renegades where he hit 70 from 51 balls uh, and then followed that up with a, a nice little 59 from 22 balls uh, in their next practice match. So, you know, the Gades, as we know, they're, they're down on a few batting options with um, with the likes of Finch, as I said, Sean Marsh, uh, Marcus Harris injured, as well as Nick Maddinson as well. Um, so, you know, that really does elevate him instantly into uh, top four or five, you know, candidates for the uh, the top of the order for the Renegades uh, in terms of batting. So, yeah, for me, he seems like the sort of player that, um, as we've seen already with his uh, with his recent exposed form, that he could come out and smash a nice score in the early couple of rounds. And if he does perform quite well in the first game, um, there's every chance that he may keep his spot um, from then on. So he could be a complete bolter. Um, so keep that in mind and just keep an eye on the um, the team sheet for the Renegades um, because if he does get a spot first up, I think he's worth a spot on your bench. I wouldn't play him on field because just there's no exposed form at, I guess, top level of BBL. Um, a little bit different from practice matches. So I, I think roll the dice and um, yeah, and hopefully we can reap the rewards. Another player to mention is a young, young Pakistani left arm leg spinner for the Melbourne Stars. And his name is, now bear with me, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, Saeed Faradun, uh, coming in priced at 62000 as a bowler. Um, he was an international signing, obviously, for the Stars. And uh, David Hussey, the Stars' coach, has, um, has really raved about um, you know the talents of Faradun. Um, so he could potentially get a, um, a bit of a call-up early on, considering that, um, that Kwais Ahmed, for the stars is uh, is yet to um, you know to arrive in Australia, um, and I don't think he actually is going to play until about round three or four potentially. So um, Faradun could, um, if he performs um, well enough, could um, could not only see a debut on the weekend in round one, but also keep his spot potentially uh, up until round three or four. So. You know, hopefully he can emulate what uh, Harris Ralph did in previous seasons and uh, be an absolute revelation. That's probably too big an ask because he is a bit of a unicorn in that sense. But uh, yeah, in the practice matches uh, this week just gone, he did take uh, just the one wicket. Um, I think they played back-to-back practice games, um, but it was really good with the ball, super economical, um, and yeah, at the very least, could score you um, a few points here or there. Um, so might be one to look at uh, for 62K. Yeah, you could probably do worse. And the last player to, to really have a look at, I think in my eyes, is a guy by the name of Nick Hobson, who comes in at the bottom dollar price of 42K, selectable as a batsman. And he is, of course, from the Scorchers. And with the Scorchers missing the likes of uh, Inglis and Mitch Marsh, he uh, actually could get a crack um, very early on, uh, as soon as, uh, as round one. And uh, he did play five games for the Scorchers, back in BBL 08, and he didn't really do too much with it. Um, he played in the middle order, um, and going by um, Honeyball BBL, who are uh, producing some fine, fine work, uh, just looking over some of their some of their insights, he did uh, produce 1,000 runs last season in WA Premier Cricket, and um, yeah, he made 90 in a midweek practice game also. Um, so yeah, I think he does show a fair bit of talent and promise, but uh, with the news that Ashton Agar is available, it could push him down the order potentially, uh, whereas he would be, you know, potentially getting an earlier look. So there is a bit of a gamble there that he may not actually see any action, even if he is selected in the Scorchers batting lineup. So um, that's a bit of a bit more of a gamble 
But um, yeah, first of all, wait and see if he's selected. And if he is, yeah, at a bottom price of 42k, yeah, it may be worth the, uh, the gamble and it saves you a bit of coin that you could spend on upgrading other players around him. I was going to mention also uh, Aaron Finch here, priced at 62k, selectable as a batsman, obviously. Um, but, you know, leading in as soon as, I guess, a week or two ago, um, there were reports that, that Finch was, was going to miss the uh, not only the first game, but the first few rounds. Latest news is saying that he may potentially play uh, round one. For me, I think it's too much of an ask. It's a long season. They'll probably give him another week off. Um, it may return round two, maybe even round three. Um, he is suffering from a knee injury, um, and you don't want him to sustain um, you know any any further injury to it because it obviously um, prolong his uh, his stint on the on the sidelines and um, may even miss a majority of the season otherwise so I think they'll they'll probably wrap him in cotton wool you know past seasons gone by uh, he hasn't really produced with the bat as he do, has done in previous seasons prior to that um, so yeah 62k I think he, he does present a fair bit of upside um, given we, he's historically been one of the best T20 international batsman. So um, if you can rediscover that form from from previous seasons, um, he's a no-brainer. But uh, at the moment, with that injury cloud, I am going to be uh, sidestepping him, unfortunately, um, and may look at getting him after seeing how he performs in at least one game uh, in terms of fitness and in form. Another one. All right, let's move on to the starting strategy that I'm adopting uh, in terms of, you know, I guess, handling the double game week first up in round one. And at this stage, pending no other last-minute changes. Um, I'm looking at you, Ashton Agar, on the Scorchers. I'm going to be starting with six double game week players. Uh, previously, it was seven, um, but I've had to, unfortunately, give uh, Hughes, Dan Hughes, that is from the Sixers, the um, the flick in favor of uh, Ashton Agar. So I've got three Sixers and three Heat, and they are Tom Curran, Josh Phillip, Dan Christian, and for the Heat, Chris Lynn, Majib Uraman and Xavier Bartlett. I mean, ideally, as mentioned earlier, you should be looking to utilize both the three trades on offer and bench cover to replace the hit players on a buy in round two. And the easiest strategy is, of course, to add in strikers players, given they will be on a double. But be careful not to go too overboard, like I mentioned at the the, uh, the top of the episode, as they too have a buy in the following round. So um, you've really got to look ahead as to which team coming up has the buy. Um, and yeah, the key is overall to try and plan at least two rounds ahead. So yeah, who's, who has a buy coming up? Who have double games? Could you potentially start an extra strikers player in round one to save you having to use one of your trades in round two to bring them in? Um, or starting with, you know, for example, both Stoinis and Maxwell, that allows you to save on two trades or at least one of those trades if you're starting with both of them um, because, you know, they do have the double in round three. So really think about not just the short-term strategy, but the longer-term strategy side of things as well because that's what's really going to help you keep ahead of, the, I guess, the pack of uh, other super coaches out there and um, that's what you have to do. Think on the fly, um, who are going to have the double, um, who are the big players that can really utilize to score twice in that one week. So those are the main things to remember when it comes to BBL Supercoach. But now let's bring back an old segment that we usually roll out during the AFL season. And it is Liam and I's personal favorite. And it is... I'm the captain now. So like AFL Supercoach, you can really utilize the vice-captaincy loophole but I guess the added bonus here is the fact that unlike AFL, we have teams playing double games in the same round. So it does go without saying you whack 
the VC on someone from the Sixers, given they are playing first up against the Stars in round one. And probably should mention that not only do we get one team playing a double game, we get two teams playing a double game. So yeah, whack it on the Sixers. They've got the game first up. If that player fails then uh, it's pretty easy enough to whack the C on a Heat player that also has, of course, the double. So, um, you know, I mean, it's not often you get a, a double chance at two teams playing double games. Yeah. Bit of a mind twist of that one. But, um, yeah, it's a great situation to really utilize. And um, I think a lot of people will be using that strategy. So um, try and utilize that as well so you don't fall behind the pack. Um, for me, personally, as to who I'm going with, um, I've got Tom Curran ranked as my number one for the Sixers in terms of their, their um, you know, VC candidates. And um, I think you have to roll with him over the likes of Dan Christian, Philippe and the like, um, because he is lethal with the ball and presents the upside with the bat. Uh, Philippe is is probably more lethal with the bat compared to um, to Curran, but I mean, he hasn't got that, that dual threat upside um, as a wicketkeeper batsman. Uh, he's really good at the top order, but... By the same token, he can actually have a bit of a stinker as well. Uh, Dan Christian uh, does come with that dual threat as a batsman and a bowler, um, but I just don't know where he's going to fit in terms of the Sixers lineup. Um, they've got uh, Chris Jordan. Uh, they've actually signed as well in recent weeks who could eat into uh, Dan Christian's overs, and um, I don't know how many overs Dan Christian's going to bowl. In the past, there have been games where he looks like he's going to bowl the maximum of four overs, and then he ends up bowling two or three and really does cap um, you know, his scoring potential. So... You know, you've got to really think about that. Um, so for me, Tom Curran is, uh, is really the standout VC option. And then for the captaincy option, if Curran does fail to really produce a big score first up, uh, I'm going to go with Uram and I think for the Heat. I'm a big fan of this bloke. Um, he's a, a real spinning talent. And I think last year was almost on par with, um, with Rashid Khan. So... Yeah, I think can really, really tear through um, the opposition lineups with ease. Um, and I reckon he'll do just that against the Thunder on the weekend um, if he comes in at the top of his game. And the other thing as well, like Khan, is he can be super economical with the ball as well. So at least it gives him a bit of a high floor. So if he does have a bit of a downer, you know, if you do put the captaincy on him, it does give a bit of a, a bit of a caveat there um, that you know can break the fall, I guess, in that sense, and pr- produce a bit of a, a bit of a high enough ceiling to to help you out there. Now that just about wraps us up for this special edition of Supercoach Edge. And we should mention as well that uh, we're very fortunate enough to be uh, selected in the Supercoach Hub Masters League, organised by Turbo's Hammies Cup on Twitter, in which we will be taking part this season. So we'll be competing in the league alongside a host of other talented super coaches out there, a lot of um, content creators as well, all of whom you should stay abreast of their work to get the edge over the competition, as we like to say, which include Bryce Mitchell, Honeyball, Supercoach Playbook, Supercoach Guns, Supercoach Adrianosaurus, and so many more out there. So apologies if I have missed anyone, but uh, check them out. Check out their work on Twitter because there are such a, a big depth of, uh, of resources out there that you can really use to elevate your game uh, when it comes to uh, Supercoach in general, but also in particular BBL Supercoach for those of you out there who are dabbling for the very first time. And with that, thanks so much for tuning in and uh, thanks for um, coming along for the ride with myself, riding solo, Sans Liam. So um, we we may potentially seeing how we go um, mid-season for BBL we may produce a, another special edition episode as well and uh, we can check in with uh, with how Liam's going but um, in the meantime thanks for tuning in and good luck for the Supercoach BBL season ahead I say I don't like cricket oh no.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.